Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park God, I got the burps going on today too. Okay, what is going on? Legitimately, you know, man, Bobby, oh, oh, here we go. That's the that's the devil in you, boy. That's oh. the devil up inside of you, boy. We need to exercise it here on this <laughs> brain boggled podcast. <laughs> you got to do the bit where it's like, um, <laughs> what, what does it say in, in the Exorcist? Doesn't he say your mother sucks cock and out? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wow. That could what? honestly be from the movie. I thought, I thought that you figured out soundboarding and you just played the clip from the movie for a second there. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, maybe we'll find out later. We'll see. We'll, <laughs> we see will I, find, we'll see what we will find out in this podcast whether or not we have a soundboard or not. But <laughs> along uh, with Jack can't even figure stuff. out his regular microphone. There's no way that you would get the soundboard yes, mic working. Yes, welcome back, everybody, to another <laughs> full episode of the pod as you, you heard last week we had a bit of a snafu head. we had a weird weird technical glitch oh, i mean listen man. it's I, I can't get mad at jack because it's happened to me with uh jack the ripper episode <laughs> where he accidentally recorded my laptop uh microphone instead of my oh, yeah, condenser that's right. but the, yeah. the but you know unfortunately jack's headset mic <sighs> had, apparently literally was like awesome i love it wait, or you know it was <laughs> satan I need but to. That, what I should or do Satan is, was the one who. Mm, I, I was gonna say I, maybe when I get a new computer because my computer wouldn't be like beefy enough to do that. But I was like I could record on using both of my mics like just as like a, an insurance. But true. Uh, we could also yeah, do no, like a this Zoom one is recording working. or something. It, it was also because I would literally I was just lazy and didn't double check <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> my you know, settings. It happens, it happens to the best of us. Mm. I got I got peanuts in my beard. It happens <laughs> to the best of us. Honestly, it's funny because like I feel like normally if I was like told that the, we lost the whole podcast, I'd be like, oh, that stinks. For some weird reason, I like didn't care at all. I was like, whatever. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's because I like wasn't into the topic that I did, or like yeah. maybe I, I thought I could have done fun. it better. I thought it was a good one. Yeah, yeah we, I thought we had it was fun. a fun episode that you guys will never hear. Well, we'll record it at some point. You can hear I the Brent. Yeah, no, we edition. will. We will. Um, but um, yeah. I like how we started on like the satanic bit and then just completely just veered. It's yeah. fine. 
It's fine. Listen, it's been you, a long week. Guys. If you've been here for yeah. a minute, you know how we roll, baby. We just go with it. <laughs> Wherever the combo the takes us, man, we're just on a journey, a journey through time. That's the that's the beauty of the uh, journey too. That's the beauty of the format. I read an article mm. that was like Here's our podcast, the last, the last bastion of free speech left. And I was <laughs> like. <laughs> Sure, I don't know. I guess so. They were like, they were like, no, they, no, no, because their argument was podcasts are the only place where you can find like, um, long form sort of, uh, like un unedited sort of discussion. Gotcha. Yeah. I was gonna say, what was this article written by Joe Rogan or some shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Joe Rogan was Joe Rogan was hopped People up on his own me and my million dollar business podcast i, know, See, I wish i could do a joe rogan voice but i just can't oh some yeah. people can do it so good i, I just sound i can weird. get his i think i can get like his energy and tone the energy, but not it's the all about actual, the energy like, really voice all right Jack, he does have a really because he does well he's well he's sort of like he's always thinking and he's always <laughs> i think he's always like skeptical of so because i heard no well, well i heard i heard like I feel like he's always doing that. I don't know. That's I don't pretty really good. Know. I just, I just yeah. feel like you gotta get, be like right up to that microphone. You know, like you know, you want it yeah, about fist, you know, you, you know, you want it about fist away from your face. You want that? You want that mic about fist away from your face. That's good. That's good mic discipline. But no, we're not talking about Joe Rogan or any of that. Although maybe he's part of this. Who knows? Is he part of the satanic ritual abuse? I don't know. His logo certainly looks like a satanic logo. All I'm saying is that I've heard things. That's all I'm saying. You know, I've heard things. I've heard whispers and rumors. <laughs> whispers. I've heard things but of the great We're about five minutes into this bad boy. Let's introduce ourselves. Oh, yeah. uh, yes. I'll let you go first, Bobbert, because I want to see where you go of your B before all right, I do all my right. B. All right. I am your behemoth B. Bobby. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. Not that. Not not anywhere near either of the two that I was going to do. So that's good. Mm. That's good. That is one of the one of the nice. the devils uh, in disguise. No, mm. one of the infernos. And also one of the classic classic monsters from the Final Fantasy series. And in, Horizon in just Zero about Dawn. every game. That's true. It, they also have one in Horizon Zero Dawn. That's, that's true. right. <laughs> anyway, it's that's a, why it's I a tricky am. one. It's a tricky one to fight. Um. <laughs> I am your bothered by Dungeons and Dragons B Brent. Oh, I was hoping we would uh, we would bring up Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, this. we're gonna go there. And yeah. bothered by Dungeons and Dragons is an actual group that we're gonna talk about. Oh, a really? Bit. Like that's the At name of that group. That yeah. I, where I'm, I'm gonna go get my D and D dice while while we're talking. All right. Well, I'll introduce myself while Bobby goes and does that. I am your uh, King James J Jack. Ooh. Um, pro- probably has nothing to do with 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 uh like Satanism as itself. But he wrote a dissertation on demons at one point. Interesting. <laughs> I, I think as, that was a really clever one. Um, my my quick Google searches have turned up that there are no names of demons that start with J. I was looking for them. I I'm I, I can't find any of them. I thought one of you guys were gonna do Beazelbub or like Bilal or whatever he is. Right. What if what uh, if there was a demon infernal named uh, Joshua? <laughs> Joshua, Just, or, or like Jerry, like in uh, the Soul. There is yeah. actually in Adventure Time. There's a there's a demon named Joshua. Really? Uh, no. Oh. His name is Ke- his name is Keoth, and I, I I just and the character that he interacts with his name is Joshua. Fair enough. Yeah, you I thought you were going to get away crossed. with that, Jack, and then you realized that some people listening. No, I wasn't trying to lie. Just oh, he's just trying to. He's just trying to scamp on us boys. They're uninitiated. Boys. You hear that? 
Oh my god, Bobby, is that yeah. your $50 dice? That's my $50 Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> dice so that I haven't used never had yet. a chance to use. No, we used uh, them, didn't we? When we no, played I bought them after, after we played. Bobby, what are campaign? you doing? I'm an idiot, dude. Oh, uh, we gotta uh, play no, D&D, we definitely dude. gotta, we, we gotta do it. Like, we gotta get yeah, Zach we and Aaron. Well, I'm telling you, we gotta make this like a, a, a Patreon oh, perk dude, or some shit. Legitimately, though, mm, we like, could like we we should talk to Zach and Aaron about about maybe doing some sort of joint Patreon content with that. Because can you imagine oh. like the four of us in a th- in a campaign with like DM Brent? Yeah. Or like, oh, oh my god, dude, it'd be so oh, wait, much fun. No, this Honestly, is happening. We're, I, I really we're doing want it. this to happen. Yeah, really I'll legit. Do. I'll dude. I'll text Zach right after this podcast. No, no we should send do a group text. Honestly. Like, I will go to the ends of the earth to add sound effects to this, too. Like, I will spend all night, and I will take the, the audio of us playing <laughs> D&D and add yeah. sound effects and music and the whole shebang, because that needs to happen. Yeah. Mm. If, you guys wanna, if you guys want that, let us know. Yeah, let us uh, support us on Patreon. It would be so much fun. But uh, I think we should get to uh, Satan. Speaking, speaking of the evil Dungeons & Dragons, we need to talk about the subject today, which is... The satanic panic. Satanic panic. I feel like it's like, and I, 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 when Brent told us the topic, I said it sounds like the title of a swing song. You know, like satanic panic. Yeah, exactly. Satanic panic. Like, yeah, like some like. Satanic panic. Yeah, and then like. And then like the 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 boomers of like that time. You know what I mean? Obviously, that's not how that works. But you guys know what I mean. We're like boomers of that time. We're like this music. This music. This 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 crazy music. It will boomers. turn them. Who were the boomers of that generation? It probably was that the greatest generation. Been. I don't know. I don't no. know. Are they the what boomers of the, the lost generation? Maybe the lost generation. Well, because well, when was Swing? I don't know when Swing was. What forties, fifties? I have no yeah. idea. Yeah, something like that 50s. when it first came around. Yeah, so and I then guess it the had parents... that weird resurgence in the nineties. So first, I thought you were talking about that, like the Brian Seltzer Orchestra or Seltzer, yeah. whatever his name is. Oh, so the parents are either the greatest generation or the lost generation. Mm. Well, it can't mm. be the greatest generation. Can't be them. God forbid. Yeah. No, why? Because that's us? <laughs> I don't know. I, because uh, of the greatest generation. What kind of name is that? Come on. Like, I think it's, did they I name think themselves that? I think that's because they're... Or may, I may be making that up, but I thought that was what they called the generation from, from the, uh, the, uh, the 20s, the big boom. Yeah, I think that's what... Yeah, like the generation that fought in World War II and stuff is called the greatest generation. Oh. Um, the silent yeah, generation. The lost are people right before World War One, right? Or is that, or is that the great? Because that's the Great Depression, and then yeah, the silent. Maybe or no, I don't maybe the lost is World War One, and the silent is the Great Depression. Yeah, it might be. I don't Thank know. Thank God we changed to X Y and <laughs> Zoomers yeah. and, 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 Honestly, and though, Zoomers, but spelled with an X. I vote for a rename of our generation. I think we should should just call ourselves the even greatest er generation. What instead of millennial? I don't know. Yeah, are I mean, you guys tech- even millennials? I'm a millennial. uh, Bobby's close. I don't. I'm sort of it, I, like people migrate. I talk about this a lot with people like right around my age. Is uh, we're kind of like in the middle because I'm not like yeah. a millennial, but I'm definitely not a Zoomer, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, like okay, I, I'm like, at the tail end of millennial. I relate more to like quote unquote millennial culture than Zoomer culture, I guess. Because yeah. um, like Zoomer memes are, I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> But like a Zoomer, did Zoomer come from before the whole pandemic thing? Because I feel like it's weirdly like appropriate. 
you know the zoomer uh, generation it's like the zoom the zoomers because they zoom oh no yeah no no it comes from it comes from gen z um yeah. oh, okay and then just making it just boomer zoomer that's a weird yeah. coincidence you know yeah, these kids are gonna grow up in a weird zoom run planet they but anyway, zoomers, yeah. we don't yeah, even yeah. think about that, that Bobby. That's actually really interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's funny. Nothing to do with satanic panic. <laughs> I know. We're, 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 so so we're in one of those moods today. Sorry about that. Yeah, well, it's it's totally fine. It is totally fine. But before I kind of dive in to explain what it is, what do you boys even know about the satanic panic? I'm very curious to get your perspective as younger gents because I sort of lived through the tail end of this. And um, I'm just curious to see um, what you guys even know about it. I know that like various forms of media were highly criticized by uh, primarily Christian conservative groups um, for like they thought that these these medias had like were, would like influence their children to like join like cults and satanism and, and worship the devil and stuff like stuff like Harry Potter and like whose ball is the devil. Like, there are still schools in the South, I think, where Harry Potter is banned, right? Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I can't confirm nor deny. Well, I mean, there are schools in the South that celebrate Robert E. Lee Day instead of Martin sure. Luther King Day. So sure. <laughs> anything's, anything's possible. Yeah, anything's yeah. possible there. Anything is possible. I would say the only thing that I really think of when I think of Satanism is, you remember, uh, uh, what's that show with the girl... She's got the glasses and the blonde hair, and it's CSI, but like not. Uh, Criminal Minds? Criminal Minds! Thank you, Brent. <laughs> I was drawing a complete blank for some reason. You're it's lucky like, that I've actually seen that show. <laughs> I know, right? Fill it in for you. It never would have, it never would have come to fruition. But yeah. the thing is, like, there was like one episode in like the first season where like a bunch of kids that were like Satanists were like, you know, recruiting more kids, and, and they were burning people at the stake or threatening to or something mm. and uh I, that's all i really know about it because i don't remember it in the media growing up at all um, yeah so i mean it's kind of funny because what you're describing in uh that episode of criminal minds bobby which is kind of shocking considering how late criminal minds came in the sort of like the run of the satanic panic i would mm. argue it happened after the satanic panic was over mm-hmm. but um at least in like the kind of the the period that we're defining as the satanic panic but what you're describing in a lot of ways is sort of like what was going around in the zeitgeist in the 80s through like the mid 90s there was this like period that we come to define as the satanic panic and while the media stuff is definitely part of it it goes way deeper than that so we're gonna to the point where we're gonna be talking about some actual legal cases and shit where stuff got real yeah, oh, this was awesome. like a modern, quite modern day witch hunt in some respects. Um, Dang. So, but before we get into any of that, we need to actually explain sort of like w- the backstory behind all this of satanic panic. So, let me do just that. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Great A podcast transition. Yeah. Okay, so satanic panic. Um, satanic ritual abuse is the subject of a moral panic often referred to as satanic panic that originated in the United States in the 1980s, spreading throughout many parts of the world by the late 1990s and persists today. Allegations of satanic 
ritual abuse, or SRA as it's commonly referred to as, involved reports of physical and sexual abuse of people in the context of the occult or satanic rituals. In its most extreme form, allegations involve a conspiracy of global satanic cults that includes the wealthy and powerful world elite in which children are abducted or bred for human sacrifices, pornography, and prostitution. Oh, sounds hmm. yeah, sound sounds familiar. Sounds, sounds like something familiar. we've talked about this before. Sounds oddly familiar. When I was researching this, I was like, wait a second, haven't I already done this episode? And as it turns out, in a lot of ways, I have. And so <laughs> I um I read a quick article about uh about how um people are talking about like because QAnon now has gotten, um, uh, unfortunately, is gaining popularity in, in, in European countries. So we may have to oh, do a QAnon no. part, like four or five, whatever, <laughs> for other countries. But, 532. Uh, we're, are, the podcast is just going to change to QAnon Hunters or something. But, um, yeah, I know. QAnon part they were six, like, six, They were six. like, why is QAnon gaining so much popularity? And it was like, oh, well, the conspiracy theories about Q, that QAnon believes have existed for, like, for a, a while um but q was like it w- was the first sort of thing to sort of condense them down and make it like um like the the call to action with like the q drops and stuff yeah um and like that's why it's so it's like spreading like wildfire and i would say the internet honestly because Dude. At the, as we're going to talk about with the satanic panic this is mostly in the 80s and early 90s where at least where it was happening in America, where you don't yeah. have the internet that really helps to proliferate this shit even further, and yet it still gets batshit crazy and insane by the end of it. <laughs> so that just shows how things are even like more like multiplied now. Yeah. You know, now I, I would say, imagine it, basically by the time we get to the end of talking about satanic panic, imagine if QAnon actually led to like say Hillary Clinton being sentenced to prison terms oh, as a result of it. That's like the level that we're going to get to here oh, wow. with Satanic Christ. Panic. Like, shit gets uh, wild. But before, right, we can well, e- be- before we can even get there, we still have more to get through. So, um, initial publicity for Satanic Panic came via Lawrence Pazdern's 1980 book, Michelle Remembers, and was sustained and popularized throughout the decade by the McMartin Preschool Trial, which is one of the biggest cases to come about as a result of the satanic panic but before we can do any of that i mean it's a brent hosted episode so obviously we have to talk about the history of satanic panics (laughs) throughout the world we have to understand the context it's all about context baby so uh brent (laughs) getting animated over here i'm talking with my hands it's getting wild if only you could see this so that you can get the real content yeah context equals content baby i I don't even know if those words came out of my mouth correctly that's why brent has the best episodes true it's all about the hand gestures it really you you people you people really do not understand like the level here the commitment i'm sweating (laughs) in here i'm sweating brent take off that winter jacket and the beanie and those gloves what are you doing he is actually wearing a beanie though i am wearing a beanie i'm wearing a hoodie you know it's interesting interesting well i mean i mean you know i record this in in the boudoir which has no heat (laughs) And the door is closed, so it, it does get chilly in here sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the animation keeps me warm. <laughs> so, <laughs> the history of this. Okay, let's get into it. 
So allegations of horrific acts by outsider groups, including cannibalism, child murder, torture, and incestuous orgies can place minorities in the role of the other, as well as create a scapegoat for complex problems in times of social disruption. The satanic ritual abuse pandemic, or panic, I should say, repeated many of the features of historical moral panics and conspiracy theories, such as the blood libel against Jewish people by Appian in the 1930s BC, the wild rumors that led to the persecutions of early Christians in the Roman Empire, later allegations of Jewish rituals involving the killing of Christian babies and desecration of the Eucharist, what? And, and the witch hunts of the 16th and 17th centuries in Europe and the uh, early Americas, which, hey. we, I mean, we've, which we've so covered those are, those in the are, Salem Witch Trials. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait, the Salem Witch Trials. Wait, we've done this episode twice before. Yeah, we've done this episode <laughs> many times. It's yeah. amazing. Just to think I of know, how many times like, this has happened in history. It's this, like, theme that, like, keeps coming back in different forms. I know, me. and we haven't even done an episode on, like, the Red Scare which wasn't, right. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's, it's same sort of thing, but instead of Satanism. Well, communism. as it turns out, one of the most modern uh, occurrences of this would be the context of McCarthyism in the oh. United States in the 1950s. It was another Jack. version of this sort of moral uh, panic, as we like to call them. Mm. Um, as we like to call them. I, I, I like to consider myself part of the industry now that I've spent, you know, like three hours researching for a podcast. I like to say that we, yeah, the, I yeah. use the we now. We, the media. I am a part of this research. Um, uh, the underpinnings for the contemporary moral panic, uh, moral panics were found in a rise of five factors in the years leading up to the 1980s. So this is basically like the five factors that um, are cited as setting up like an environment that kind of allowed the satanic panic to happen so those five factors are the establishment of fundamentalist christianity and political organization of the moral majority which was uh, the rise of a anti-cult movement which spread ideas of abusive cults kidnapping and brainwashing children and teens hmm. so that's factor number one factor no number two the appearance of the church of satan and other explicitly satanist groups so you know satanic churches and stuff kind of coming out into the mainstream and be like yeah we're saying this what of it yeah. you know sort of like making their presence sort of known although when you actually look into satanism this episode's not going to really be about satanism that much but when you actually look at what satanism is to people who practice it it's really more of like a um sort of it's not like this sort of like we're doing blood magic and stuff and yeah. sacrifices and shit. It's more of a like you only get to live once, so why do we have to like curtail ourselves to this like weird Christian like morality with just like enjoy your life sort of thing, you know? Hedonistic type beat. Yeah, exactly. More like a hedonistic thing. So it's like, hey, yeah, yeah, you wanna like gorge yourself on this delicious meal, do it. Who cares? Like if you wanna spend a bunch of money and have a crazy party and get drunk and stuff do it like you <laughs> yeah. only get to live once so, like who cares like you stop yeah. stop okay like, you know um, untuck your devil's, shirt de grandpa devil's, devil's advocate mm -hmm. brent would yep. not satanism also then include you want to sacrifice babies to the blood god <laughs> go right ahead <laughs> just do it man come on just do well, it. well i mean i think one of the tenets of nice. satanism again like i didn't really do much research into it because i wasn't as interested in the satanism part of it as much as just like the panic around 
people's perception of what Satanism yeah. is and like satanic cults or whatever and this sort of thing is that um, the idea is that you know you, you, as long as what you're doing is not infringing on someone else's yeah. ability to seek their own joy in life then it's cool basically it's <laughs> yeah, got like yeah. the idea again so like yeah I would think the idea of murdering babies for blood <laughs> magic would probably interfere with that baby's potential enjoyment true, of true. its life so <laughs> Yeah, I would say that would exclude itself from the tenets of uh, Satanism, as at least as I understand it, yeah, which is yeah. very, very loose understanding. So that's, I mean, that was I, fact. Yeah, that, go ahead. Sorry, that's that's really interesting because I think I may have mentioned this before on the uh, on the, actually it was I think the Salem uh, witch episode that we did. Where uh, do you guys remember I talked about how there were like street preachers going around? It's downtown Salem. Mm. And me and Ben were like street oh, performing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was this like huge movement there that was like called the Salem St- Salem Street Alliance, and they were basically like anti preacher. And so like you know these preachers would walk around and talk about like evangelical stuff or whatever. And we would all you know there was people just dressed up like like skeletons and like all these like. Boogans and, and goblins, Boogans, goblins and ghouls, and <laughs> little, headless little mice. Ghouls. Headless <laughs> mice, exactly. And you know, I was Shrek, so that's fit, fitting. Um, and we we would just like you know be like, screw you, let people live the way they want to live. All you need is love. You know all that stuff, and yeah. uh, it was a powerful thing. You know, I mean, obviously we weren't going around being like we are Satanists. Mm-hmm. But I kind of get the the vibes that this is sort of along the lines of that. Sort yeah, of. I mean, ultimately, I think the reason why Satanist groups call themselves Satanists is literally just to kind of like push the buttons and lean yeah. into sort of like the anti-Christian thing right. more than it is about actual, like, I don't think most people who practice Satanism actually believe in a Satan as much as they just believe in like, hey, don't push your morality on me let me live my life as long as it's not hurting you like who cares yeah and i imagine that there's like definitely a part of it that's like you know satan represents like like sexual deviancy and like Mm. you know some people are like who cares man like orgies let's do it you know yeah going against that grain yeah 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 (laughs) but then at the same time those groups kind of existing and sort of leaning into it like the, the a lot of the churches of like the Church of Satan with like Antoine LaVey or whatever really leaned into sort of the iconography of it like you know sort of like dressing up in like devil costumes and yeah. the candles and the pentagrams and shit like they really kind of like it was very theatrical they really sort of played up that part of it which yeah. I think sort of escalated fears in sort of like waspy middle America you know um, so that was oh, factor no, number two look at these devilish people <laughs> exactly. oh they're wearing red on Sunday yes, on the Sabbath of all days <laughs> um, so then that was just factor number two now there's factor number three which was the development of the social work or child protection field and its struggle to have children's or child sexual abuse recognized as a social problem and serious crime um, so, and then we got factor number four, which is the uh, popularization of post-traumatic stress disorder, repressed memories, and the corresponding survivor movement of people who believe they had repressed memories and then sort of organized into sort of like groups of advoca- or advocacy groups, sort of uh, 
dealing with these sort of repressed memories, which repressed memories is sort of an interesting thing. Um, I, I would love to get more into it we, when we do like an episode on memory, just in general, the idea mm-hmm. of repressed memories and how it's kind of bogus, um, as we're going to come to find in this oh, really? episode. Really? Uh, do, 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 do you mean um, repressed memories in the, sen- in the sense of um, past lives or in the sense of like trauma? In the sense of trauma. Like, oh, the, like that, those that memories post, that you like yeah, legitimately now, can't remember. Yeah, well, see, now they sort of like group post-traumatic stress and repressed memories as two things that sort of came out at the same time. Now, uh, PTSD obviously is a very real thing, mm-hmm. but the idea of repressed memories, which is sort of like this thing that we're going to see a lot in the satanic panic where people would like sort of undergo like hypnotherapy and all of a sudden be like, oh, I remember, you know, I was abducted by this cult and they did all this sort of sexual oh, oh, abuse to me and stuff. Yeah. That sort of stuff is... N- found to be very illegitimate and uh kind of a result of poor uh psychiatric practices and uh sort of poor policing practices and a lot of different things like this that's sort of interesting. like interesting almost like more implanted memories than they are actual repressed memories but yeah we'll I, I, get- it's funny i've never even heard that that was uh, a possible um fake thing like i always just believed that that was like very Real. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, it's still kind of like, you know, you still see a lot of stuff like that in like movies and media representation of like sort of like the repressed memory. Like, it's coming back to me now. Like, I was actually, you know, the reality is most people don't really actually like not remember things like that traumatic. Um, now, I mean, it's I not mean, only like media, I mean, it happens with like therapy and stuff, you know, like, mm-hmm. I there were times where. I've gone through like therapy sessions where they're like, okay, now like, do you remember like anything that maybe you're blocking out? And I'm like, no, it's like, well, right. maybe well, you do. I'm like, I right. guess. It, it, the, the, the issue is, yeah, is a lot of times with these repressed memory situations. And now I'm like, I'm, I'm no psychiatrist. I'm not saying that it never happens, but it's, there's sort of like this, um, wave of the repressed memory movement and a lot of it was as a result of sort of leading questions or positive and negative reinforcement where it's like oh if like you know when and because we're gonna see with this a lot this was with children you know so like i was like oh well when you give an answer that tells us what we want we get positive reinforcement yeah you tell us that you don't remember anything right no 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 that's not right you're not telling us everything you know and children naturally kind of want our more likely to want to please people in a positions of authority so you end up with mm-hmm. these situations where you go from oh yeah n- nothing happened to me to um i was forced into a pool where there were sharks eating babies and i had to watch the sharks eat the babies <laughs> and then the blood from the babies was used in a ritual by a bunch of devils and then the people were flying around the room Jeez. and these what? are actual things <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that were taken so seriously oh my god dude yeah yeah, I mean, like, so, I was thinking more like, you know, I mean, obviously, there's different ways that you can kind of brainwash people in that sense. Like, I mm. was, the first thing that popped into my head was, you know, just even the way you ask the question, like, making somebody realizing something, like, giving new meaning to a memory that previously didn't have any connotation to it. Like, do you remember when you stole that cookie when you were a kid? That means you're a thief. And that means that you, like, secretly want to steal things now, you know? that kind of side of it but i mean when you jumped into that shark thing the babies Mm. in the pool i mean whoa (laughs) 
yeah no we'll, we'll get crazy. we'll get to that at uh, <laughs> at some point um but first we need to talk about a little book called michelle remembers which is sort of the thing that really kind of kicked off satanic pa- panic in north america michelle which, smiles. <laughs> which i say north america because it was actually a canadian book so blame canada for the satanic panic they started it mm, um, we started it mm. a Seems to yeah. be a common trend. Seems mm. Blame Canada. <laughs> my, so, yeah. <laughs> BC, British Columbia, blame Canada. Uh, oh my yes. God. It's all, it's all connected, baby. So Michelle Remembers, written by Michelle Smith and her husband and uh, psychiatrist Lawrence Pazdern. Um, at the time that they wrote the book, they weren't married. They got married at a later date, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> Super confusing. So she, she married her psychiatrist. Um well, this book was published in 1980. The book was written in the form of an autobiography presenting the first modern claim that child abuse was linked to satanic rituals. Pazdern was also responsible for coining the term ritual abuse. Michelle Remembers provided a model for numerous allegations of satanic ritual abuse that ensued later in the same decade. Michelle's memories were recovered during psychotherapy sessions where it was revealed that Michelle had multiple personality disorder, which is now um, obviously known as dissociative identity disorder. Um, On the basis of the book's success, Pazdern developed a high media profile, profile, gave lectures and trainings on satanic ritual abuse to law enforcement, and by September of 1990, had acted as a consultant in more than 1,000 satanic ritual cases, oh. including the McMartin preschool trial, which we will talk about a little bit later. Prosecutors use Michelle Remembers as a guide when preparing cases against alleged Satanists. Michelle Remembers, along with other accounts portrayed as survivor stories, are suspected to have influenced later allegations of satanic ritual abuse, and the book has been suggested as a casual factor in the later epidemic of satanic panic allegations. Hmm. So, basically this book is sort of about Michelle Smith's story of um, how she kind of like throughout her life was having problems of like alcoholism and drug abuse and she just like could never get her shit together in life and just didn't understand what was wrong with her. And so she started going to these psychotherapy sessions with uh, Dr. Pazdern there. And through sort of hypnotherapy sessions and different psychotherapy sessions, it was uncovered in a repressed memory that she was actually the victim of a satanic cult and had been abducted by this cult and was sort of like their prisoner for years, according to uh, these psychotherapy sessions. And this is without any actual evidence of that? This is just from fishing for memories? Well, here's the thing, right? Yeah. So in these psychotherapy sessions, all kinds of crazy stories come out like, you know, these like 90 day long ceremonies that she was a part of and how she would just like miss school, but then like be back at school, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, all this stuff. So in later years after this book came out, some people decided to kind of start digging a little bit deeper into the story of Michelle Remembers. So, former neighbors, teachers, and friends were interviewed, and yearbooks from Michelle Smith's elementary school school were reviewed and found no indication of Smith being absent from school or missing for lengthy periods of time. 
including the alleged 81-day nonstop ceremony that was uh, talked about within the book. We have this like crazy like Satanist ritual where she was forced to like watch like human sacrifices for 81 days. 81 day straight ceremony that was recovered in a repressed memory during these psychotherapy sessions. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's uh, something that would definitely be remembered by most people. Like, yeah. Like, oh, she wasn't yeah. in school for 80 days. Yeah, she was just <laughs> gone. Yeah, And then she just came back. It was weird, you know? <laughs> and then ultimately, the book's authors were unable to find anyone who knew Smith during the 1950s who could corroborate any of the details in her allegations. It is mm. now believed that the book was falsified. Isn't so, that convenient? <laughs> yeah. So, like, in later years, um, the, the psychiatrist Pazdern, like, tried to distance himself from the stuff in the book, saying that, like, oh, well, you know, in psychotherapy, you know, we're not really trying to say that the things that are coming out in these sessions are necessarily the truth. It's more about finding, you know, the root cause of these emotions. It's not and the truth. And, it's, the, it's the perception or whatever. Right, yeah, it's that, not the truth the except for the 1,000 times that you actually used the methods <laughs> yeah. to, to influence cases. Yeah. Yeah, it, pretty wild stuff. But yeah, so this sort of like book really sort of like sparked the imagination of people and this idea of like s- these secret satanic cults that are just under all our notice noses and our communities abducting our children and you know doing the, all these murders and blood sacrifices you know this stuff sort of came in the wake of um yeah you'll be sort of familiar with this bobby with the um you know the atlanta child murders of the, the late 70s you know because they did a season about it in uh mindhunter oh. um well, go watch mindhunter if you haven't seen yeah it. great show unfortunately it's not coming back for a third season but you know it is what it is too good expensive seasons. i guess netflix but good show um yeah so you know this this sort of satanic panic stuff comes in sort of the aftermath of that and sort of you know the movement of do you know where your children are if you've ever heard that <laughs> sort of phrase before that actually was like a psa that sort of started right around the time of the late 70s early 80s as a result of sort of the atlanta child murders um so this right. and then also I guess you know in the 80s is sort of like the as we're gonna it weirdly cross this stuff sort of cross sections with feminism in a weird way mm. where people sort of blame this whole thing on feminism some people which is kind of weird but the, mm. the reason for it being that like this is around the time where like women in the workplace was becoming more of an accepted thing and you know women you know working not just being stay-at-home mothers but you know having their own jobs and going mm. back to work after having children and so this sort of created like see a what movement. happens when you're when the women aren't home to watch the kids but yeah that, sort that of, kind of but sort of but also in that like so now all of a sudden all these ki- children are being left in the care of daycares and stuff and it's like do you really know who these people are who are taking care of your children uh, yeah interesting what Maybe, about do, what about like public school what <laughs> i'm not gonna tell you jack that there's like sound logic to this stuff yeah, all i'm gonna tell you is this is sort of like the american psyche of the time at the time and yeah. uh it and, seems to be pretty uh yeah pretty <laughs> persistent i mean hell in our q episode we talked about how you know there were people who were you know trying to raid you know what was it child protective services from because they're like oh child protective services is just here to steal our kids for the sex cabal yeah and so like these these sort of things have existed for you know quite a while that the distrust of like you know 
people being around your children or whatever. Yeah, and then there's there's more than just that. I mean, like you look at uh, the distrust in medical professions and like vaccine anti vaccination professional um, professionals in general. Really, yeah, yeah. and I, I think about um, you know people. There's there's the that short film the fall of the cabal do you remember that crazy no god short yeah. film short short documentary film is, quote that's unquote. not a fair assessment of it it was like two and a half hours or yeah some shit. I, I just can't call it a documentary but yeah. um <laughs> it's yeah i mean they talk about like the use of like child fetuses and like to to make people like lip injections to like make your face look younger and it just kind of yeah. has that very similar i mean uh, <clears throat> it is a fact that Cells from fetuses is, are used in some medicines and in some. No, it's like, it is a fact. For, 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 sure. Yeah. But, it, but yeah, it's for stem cells. And like by the time you use it, you know, it's like the equivalent of demolishing a house and then and then you know reusing the bricks, right? Where yeah, right. it's it's not you know it's not it, it, you don't consider that that the, the, the house like it's right. it's so far removed yeah, when well, we talked like about this blog. like i fact checked on that one because like there are companies that are like fully disclosed like on their website like yeah we use like fetal like stem cells for our injections or whatever but mm. what you have to understand is like they'll take like a single cell and and use it to grow more like it's they're not actually yeah um, it's 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 literally just it's literally just like a, a, a kind of unfortunate source of genetic material. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, also at this sort of same time was sort of the rise of sort of, um, child abuse and, chi- uh, um, molestation and these sort of things actually being treated as like crimes in America yeah. So for a long time, like that stuff, sort of thing was sort of never really reported on mm-hmm. and was never really taken all that seriously. And then it, it, when all this stuff was sort of culminating at the same time was sort of the creation of, um, what was it called? Like mandatory reporting by doctors basically being oh, like, yeah, yeah. if you see signs of abuse, you have to report it. Yeah. I think sort like, of thing. Anyone who is, um, I know at least for the state of Massachusetts, anyone who is, um, who works for the state in any capacity um, mm. is a mandated reporter. Yeah, so basically, and that's probably was true for then as well, because in the wake of some of these sort of, you know, child murder cases of like the late 70s and stuff, these sort of things started coming up because, you know, as we know, most instances of child abuse and stuff come from within the family. So if a doctor notices, it's they have to uh, report that. So it went from a time where we had, you know, something, I think the numbers were like something like there were maybe like 60,000 cases reported the year before this law was instated. And then the year it was instated, there was like over 3 million cases reported. Jesus, dude. Because it's like, it, it this is like obviously like an actual real problem we have yeah, in yeah. the world and with you child abuse. Know, you just know that there are people who think that the legislation caused the increase. Right, but the reality is it existed, and yeah. but it, we can't. The level blame. of if we it, that's a that's a Trump going. If we stopped testing, we wouldn't have as many cases. Exactly, you know? it's yeah. exactly like that. <laughs> but and the thing is, like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, obviously, we can't blame ourselves. We can't look at the actual source of the abuse, which is you know family members abusing their yeah. children. We have to blame Satanism. 
So that brings us to the first sort of major case in the satanic panic of alleged satanic ritual abuse, which was the McMartin preschool trial. So let's dive in. The McMartin preschool trial was a daycare sexual abuse case in the 1980s. Members of the McMartin family who operated a preschool in Manhattan Beach, California, were charged with numerous acts of sexual abuse of their children in their care. So, in 1983, Judy Johnson, mother of one of the Manhattan Beach, California preschool's young students, reported to police that her son had been sodomized by her estranged husband and by McMartin teacher Ray Buckley and Peggy McMartin. Hmm. So, these were a bunch of people who, you know, worked at this preschool. So, um, Judy Johnson's belief that her son had been abused began when her son had painful bowel movements and you know was just kind of acting strangely i guess you know just kind of like seemed yeah. unwell was having painful bowel, bowel movements which i don't know if that can happen to anyone it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean there's abuse there um what happened next is still disputed some sources state that at the time johnson's son denied her suggestion that his preschool teachers had molested him whereas others say he confirmed the abuse so there seems to be some weird like discrepancy in whether or not even the child mm-hmm. who allegedly was abused was actually said to have confirmed or denied being abused yeah, so we don't even re- aren't the testimonies of children not even admissible in court i mean i don't know if that was the case in the 80s at yeah. the time when this was going on but i feel like that is the case now yeah i want to at least maybe not federally but at least in some states possibly yeah. i feel like i I've, I've seen some some instances of that happening at the very least i'm sure they're <clears throat> judged with prejudice you know be like all right well we gotta yeah. take what happens here of a grain of salt we gotta defer to the professionals who you know talked to these children and gather yeah. their opinion you know but um in addition johnson also made several more accu- accusations including that people at the daycare had sexual encounters with animals that Peggy drilled children under their arms. This is a quote. What? And that Ray flew in the air and around the room as a result of satanic rituals. What? Drilled under the arms as in like drilled a hole? Yeah, like I use like power tools to drill holes into children's armpits. Very strange. What? Yes. And he also, and oh, and he was just flying around the room as well. And then Ray was just like, check this shit out, boys. (laughs) What magic? Hey Woo-hoo! kids, you want to see something really cool? You can fly, you can fly, you can fly. <laughs> yeah. Think of so, a Satanist thought. Yeah. So yeah, so as you can see, Go like above. there's like as it, <laughs> it always you you'll see with a lot of these cases, they always start with just like some allegation of abuse, and then it always escalates into crazier and crazier allegations of like satanic abuse and oh, rituals man. and blood magic and stuff. It always starts with it's just abuse and then ends up in crazy blood magic town well i mean like Um, yeah relating it back again to like the um the epstein island it's like okay we have proof that there was actually some child abuse here yeah and it's like and then all of a sudden it just like escalates into this yeah crazy like oh yep and also they're drinking your blood what yeah and also yeah they're getting babies so they get that adrenochrome baby (laughs) straight (laughs) from the tap (laughs) (laughs) i guess like when you make that first leap it's like it's not it's not that hard to make the second leap you know it's like you're just like slowly taking the stairs up to dude once you once you start once you start 
start leaping, dude, it's easier yeah. to it's easier to keep leaping than it get is to stop. Get that momentum, stop. baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just get oh, that serious vert. Get that vert game going. Get some serious vert, boys. Yeah, Hopping straight some, over the hoop at a certain point. 36, 36, 37 inches? We can do better. We can do better. <laughs> so, uh, so, among uh, accusations of Ray flying around the room or whatever, Ray Buckley was questioned by police but was not prosecuted due to lack of evidence. Uh, the police then sent a form letter to about 200 parents of students at the McMartin school stating that their children might have been abused and asked parents to question their children as a result. So as you can imagine, we got all of a sudden 200 kids being asked whether or not there were satanic rituals going on in the school and then before you know, things start going straight into crazy town. Dude, when I was a kid, I thought legitimately in second grade that there was a green glob named Wawa who was living in my wallpaper who was trying to kill me. I thought that was a thing. Of course. Well, that was true. That was like, true. Think about all these kids like, example, in their Bobby. imaginations. <laughs> like, how old did yeah. you say the kids were, Brent? I mean, these are preschool kids, yeah, so we're talking like four-year-olds. Yeah, so even younger, and even the younger you go, the crazier it gets. So I feel like, you know... Not a great way to deal with figuring. I know out it's truth. it's. I wonder if if the if the if the questioning of the children was it not like what happened, and instead did the teacher fly around the room? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, um, right. Because then I feel like if if they just ask each kid what happened, they're just gonna be like nothing. But if well, that's that's sort of the situation we yeah. see a lot of these things when we examine them. You know, after the fact is that. Yeah, a lot of the question would be like, what happened here? And pretty much everyone would be like, well, nothing. And then be like, okay, you have to tell me the truth now. You got to tell me what really happened here. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. happened. All right, we know something happened. You, you just got to tell us what happened. What happened Why with are you this hiding person? This? Why did, what, what did this teacher do? Uh, I did, did this? Okay. Well, and then you get into sort of like, we have the answer that we want. Yeah. And we, we believe that's the truth. So we're going to keep pushing until we get that yeah. answer that we want did and you then see the- mr g doing some backflips in the room and maybe flying dope. around and then so yeah <laughs> no. and so next thing you know the more you're pushing and the more you're sort of asking these leading questions then the more the children sort of kind of realize that there's positive reinforcement when they're sort of playing into that and then you get like then you get that snowball effect oh, of like yeah. more and more crazier and crazier stuff because oh it's God. like oh well if if it's if this is what they want to hear, but then I can also say this and even crazier <laughs> thing. They're like, oh oh my god, thank you for telling me, little Johnny. Yeah. We'll I mean, do you remember that? To the like being a kid, right away. Like how yeah. how intimidating it was being asked a question by an adult when you were in like elementary school, and like you always were like, is that the right answer? Even if it was a question that was like, you know, rhetorical or like something that was like uh, a, a an opinion, it was like. Like, oh, do you like chocolate chips? And I was like, um, yes. Dude, I... You shouldn't. Oh, I mean, no. <laughs> dude, mm-hmm. stuff like we, um, uh, what, I, like, I remember being a kid and, like, being asked about, you know, like, instances of trouble being like, what happened here? And mm-hmm. there was, there was one time where, um, we, uh, we had to write some sort of like paper or whatever. And this was in um, third grade, third grade. 
And um, we, uh, I had a friend, uh, Timmy, you know, shout out Timmy if you're listening, um, <laughs> What's up, Timmy? who, who uh, only, only filled out, uh, only went like halfway down the sheet of lined paper, right? Timmy. So he ripped off the bottom half because there was nothing there. So he just tore it off and only handed in the top part of the paper. Um, and our desks were it, like, we had those like desks that were uh, like, in groups all pushed together, you know, mm. like v- various like groups of five across the room. And we were lucky enough to choose our seats. So all obviously me and all my boys were sitting together. <laughs> so we were all, we finished all writing, we handed in. And at, at, when she's looking through, she gets pissed, like absolutely pissed at the sight of Timmy's thing with the bottom ripped off and we're, and, and, and starts calling and, and, and sends all of the class away and starts calling each one of us in one at a time up and being like like asking us where is the bottom half of this piece of paper what was written on the bottom half of this piece of paper um like and 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 we're like it was nothing it was empty and she was like i know something was on this i know you guys are lying to me and then she was like she was like you need to find this bottom piece of paper and timmy was like i I, it's in the trash i don't know and she made him go through the recycling bin and find the piece of paper i don't know if he was even able to like find it at like actually but there was legitimately nothing written on the piece of paper (laughs) i mean as a kid bitch as a kid you want it to end so i mean like you know what kids do what kids do i feel like I would, if I were in that situation, I would have ripped the bottom off a different piece of paper and wrote like "screw teachers" on it, and then gave it to her just to shut her up and get it over with. Like you, you would have done that. You would have made yourself not. get in trouble instead of proving your innocence. Well, I mean, like if they don't believe you, no matter what, sometimes it's easier to just get in trouble. Move yeah, past the it. whole, the whole, the whole guilty until proven innocent approach has has proven ineffective. Yeah, feel, a fact that like I feel like almost every single person you ask that went to public school could probably tell you a story about something similar is just shows like how bad this this is yeah. in our society you know yeah and so with satanism it's not different <laughs> and in the 80s it was even worse so in <laughs> ni- eight, so again in 1983 charges were laid in the mcmartin preschool trial a major case in california which received attention throughout the united states and contains allegations of satanic ritual abuse the case caused tremendous polarization in how to interpret the available evidence shortly afterward more than 100 preschools across the country became the object of similar sensationalist allegations which were eagerly and uncritically reported by the press so this sort of sparked off this sort of wave of preschools alleging, you know, satanic ritual abuses, you know, in their care or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the media just ate the shit up and was like, satanic panic. There are Satan, there's satanic cults in your preschools. More at five, you know, like this, <laughs> yeah. they're just like, at they five. Just like, Is they milk just, safe or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like that, except your kids are being abducted for blood rituals but at their preschools. Relate this to the uh, the Salem witch trials and like the kids <laughs> chanting in the woods and, and dancing mm-hmm. in the woods and stuff. Like this is something that's like mass hysteria is something that, uh, you know, can really affect the minds of young people. And I think that like it probably did influence what these kids were saying if, if they were hearing about this stuff you know i mean i know they're really young but i don't know it just I seems think, like yeah yeah maybe not maybe maybe not like it might be not as far as a case of mass hysteria but uh you know just the like the uh 
the uh, just the general like minds of kids, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, like what we were saying before. Yeah. Yeah, in a way, it did sort of create this this satanic panic. Is sort of a case of mass hysteria, you could argue. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but to continue with this McMartin situation, so the media really sort of like fed into creating this, this uh, satanic pa- panic as a thing. Um, they their coverage of the case of the McMartin preschool case largely focused only on what the prosecution prosecution had to say in their statements and portrayed uh, Peggy McMartin and Ray Buckley as um, just like like basically treating them as guilty until you know proven innocent yeah. as sort of Jack was talking about before <laughs> that was sort of the media coverage around this case yeah so then we enter um, this guy key McFarland a social worker employed by the Children's Institute International who developed a new way to interrogate children with um, <laughs> anatomi- uh, blah, 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 uh, anatomically correct dolls and use them in an effort to assist disclosures of abuse with oh, the McMartin children. This is the guy who do. Who, this is show me on the doll guy. This yeah. is yeah. the show me on the doll guy. This is the show me on the doll guy. I didn't oh, even know there was a the guy. Man touched I didn't you. know it was a guy. I always just assi- I just kind of took. I just took that sort of thing for granted. I, th- I don't even think I considered it a real thing. It's just kind of like a like like a you've seen it in media joke a lot. in my mind. Well, it's <laughs> like one of those phrases that you hear that kind of like is meaningless at this point, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah or or she. I should say she. Sorry. Oh, I, oh, yeah, I mis- yeah. misgendered there. It's actually Key McFarlane is a woman, but oh, yeah, yeah, she she's the one. She's the point. You know, tell me where the man touched doll. you on the doll. Yeah, on the doll lady person. Person. Yes. So, um, after asking the children to point to the places on the dolls where they were had allegedly been touched and asked leading questions, McFarland diagnosed sexual abuse in virtually all the McMartin children who attended that school. So, basically, hmm. everyone, every child they interviewed was abused, according to this line of questioning. So, McFarland um, coerced disclosures by using lengthy interviews that rewarded discussions of abuse and punished denials. Again, this is something we've sort of why would at this you? Point. I don't understand why you would do this. Also, the fact that she's calling it a method of interrogation, I think, is yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the like, trial. It's t- crazy yeah. that this is like. Sorry, it's crazy that this is like acceptable science. You know. Well, the thing, yeah, I mean, it's not really anymore, but oh, at the no. time, <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait, so wait, yeah, so wait, does that mean that show me on the doll is, is not an effective method anymore? Do people not do that? Maybe that's I don't, don't really it. know if it's still, I would hope not because again, it's, you're sort of leading by like, you know, showing an anatomically correct doll and being like, you know, which, which part did they touch that was bad, you know? By anatomically correct, I mean like. Yeah, peepees, peepees, and wee wees. You know, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like as a kid, you see a doll, you want to, you want to grab it. I mean, that's like the whole thing. It's like, oh, and, you know, doll. And, and, yeah, you know, yeah. As a kid, you're told like, you know, these are your private parts. You know, yeah. You, you, you do not sh- share this with other people. You know, it's inappropriate. <laughs> you know, you cover these parts, and so yeah, naturally, yeah. you know, it's if you're seeing a doll with the you know, old wee wee hanging there, and it's like, <laughs> where did the bad person touch you? It's like. Well, this is the part that I'm told I'm not supposed to show anybody. Yeah, and so exactly. that's the bad yeah. part. It's the private part. So, you know. And then again, with this sort of, you know, rewarding, you know, 
um, discussions of abuse and you know punishing denials. Yeah, that one tactic, is just, kind of you know, <laughs> like that alone is like what like that should be thro- that should be completely worthless. Right now, I no, I mean the phrasing "punishing denials" makes it sound maybe a little more extreme, but it's the sort of like you know we know Praise you're not telling us the truth. You know, deal, you, yeah. please, you got to tell us. You know, it's the sort of like. You tell us the thing we don't want to hear, and we're gonna push back on it. Which yeah, naturally it wasn't. Children. It wasn't. It, if you if they were if they were uh, assaulting you, you'll get it. You'll get a cookie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if they weren't, I'm gonna slap you across your stupid little face. You know, but, I mean, the, like the social pressures of a kid being a kid is very like intense. I think like when you yeah. just, like mm-hmm. want to make want to impress an adult or not get in yeah. trouble, like you will do almost anything in that situation just to like make them get the answer right basically yeah you're so used to being a kid being in school like getting asked these questions like yes or no is this the correct answer yes or no or whatever right so So naturally you know the answers that they got were not super reliable the trial testimony that results from such resulted from such methods was often contradictory and vague on all details except for the assertion that abuse had occurred so you know it's just kind of like yeah something bad happened but you know, every story is like wildly different. Um, although the initial charges in the McMartin case featured allegations of satanic abuse and a vast conspiracy, these features were dropped relatively early in the trial and prosecution continued only uh, for non-ritual allegations of child abuse against the two defendants. So, you know, the, the satanic shit quickly fell apart in the trial, but yeah. the effect of it lasted a, quite a long time. And, you know, this case went on for seven years in court before the two of them were finally found innocent on all the charges. Of course they were found innocent. I mean, like, every single kid was abused. Mm-hmm. Come on. Like, all yeah. And how many kids were interrogated? 200? 200 and every single one reported abuse at the yeah. result of uh, Key McFarland's interrogations, if you will. Like, at some point, re- like, you have to be, like, somewhat realistic. Like, as horrible as it is, like, mm-hmm. if, they're, if they were actually abusing these kids, I mean, I'm sure they would have weird little preferences and, like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And also, like, like the fact that it's, like, you're telling me that they were, I assume systematically, because I don't understand how else they would do I, through the structure of the of the the preschool. I assume because like mm-hmm. you're telling me that that t- they were abusing two hundred kids and only one of them would like didn't and none none of them said anything about like oh what did you do at preschool today to their parent or anything like or I didn't yeah. display any sort of behavioral issues that yeah. come up in children who are abused you know so yeah, you know. Or like yeah. if a kid saw someone trying to fly and stuff, like oh, it is so weird to me that they didn't. I mean, maybe they did. I feel, um, oh, sorry, Bobby. <laughs> no, no, that's just, really just, we just had some bad lag there. Um, I think. <laughs> um, I liked it. Yeah. Um, it's it's. I think it's very strange that there's no mention of talking to these children's parents. Like, right. I feel like if it, if it was an official police investigation, I feel like they must have been like, did you notice anything with your child? Like, have you noticed mm-hmm. anything? Like, did, ha, did your child mention anything out of the ordinary about preschool or like, right. Like what that, like, well, that doesn't support the, their evidence there. That doesn't support where's the good police the work. Well, and again, I think this comes back to this sort of, you know, the whole moral panic of it, the whole, you know, again, sort of mass hysteria of it. 
which is it starts with your one you know mother reporting to police that they believe their child was the victim of abuse at this preschool and then the police send out like a form letter to all the other parents like hey do you think your child was abused and next thing you know everyone thinks their child is abused and it becomes this whole mm. well my kid out. won't eat so, broccoli so he must be a satanist now and so it just becomes this whole situation where no one is who is you know at the control of this thing is thinking clearly and are all yeah. acting out of panic and you know this whole crazy whatever so let's get into some conspiracy accusations that have that came about during the satanic panic so again our good old friend here key mcfarland in 1984 warned a congressional committee of scatological behavior and animals being slaughtered in bizarre rituals that children were forced to watch shortly after the united states congress doubled its budget for child protective programs as a result of these uh, testimonies by Key McFarlane talking about weird satanic rituals and children being forced to participate in them. Um, so, satanic panic having a direct effect on uh, U.S. government policies here. Yeah, um, well, hey, that's not, honestly... Uh, not I'm, I'm, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay with that government spending, honestly. Yeah, not necessarily <laughs> the worst result, although we, um, hope we the, the application of it in a way that's like searching for, you know satanic cults with abducting children is maybe not the best use of that money (laughs) but um um, psychiatrist roland summit delivered conferences in the wake of the mcmartin trial and depicted the phenomenon as a conspiracy that involved anyone skeptical of the phenomenon this is a very common occurrence that we see Uh, this one i literally put QAnon in brackets after i read that statement oh yeah anyone (laughs) who doesn't believe in the phenomenon is part of the conspiracy and the phenomenon so yeah that sounds awful oh wait wait so wait mike pence isn't going to keep trump president oh well he's part of the deep state too so yeah yeah. dude they also i don't know a lot of QAnoners when responding to to trump uh, his 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 uh, leaving office speech and his 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 other recent uh, public appearances. People are like they're denouncing him now. They're saying he's he's that that like he must have been replaced or like they got to yeah. him or something. Yeah, the deep state got to him. So he's like, oh, they, they threatened him or something like that. Yeah, they yeah it's his, on us now. That's it's where Baron is. That's, that's where, where Baron is. is. They have Baron, dude. Baron is Baron. hanging over a vat of acid with like. <laughs> with like <laughs> mutated alligators right now just yeah like, <laughs> biden biden's there with a cat and he's like hello trump you <laughs> come to save baron <laughs> yeah that's where biden's, biden's been, been hiding, hiding baron oh, <laughs> oh boy oh, be harris is gonna scare us no, John. Good one, good nice oh nice God. good one good one by 1986 social worker carol darling argued to a grand jury that conspiracy the the conspiracy reached to the government Again, deep state. Again, I put QAnon in brackets. (laughs) Her husband, Brad Darling, gave conferences, conference presentations about satanic conspiracy of great antiquity, which he believed now permeated America's communities. In 1985, Patricia Pulling joined forces with psychiatrist Thomas Radecki, director of the National Coalition of Television Violence, to create BAD, otherwise known as bothered about dungeons and dragons so oh my god it's back here so we're back your 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 bad b is in the house (laughs) um boys i think let's just stop right here 
and let's just start playing right now. Let's just roll for initiative right yeah. now. All Here right, we I'll, go. I got oh, you. Wow. All right, all right. Let's leave. I don't have any dice. Oh, uh, we got a D two. Hold on, let me go. Oh, I, I, hold on. I'll get my um. I'll get my um. D and D Beyond app up for my <laughs> as a for my campaign whatever I am a player. Oh. And I can do. I can do a. Uh, um, initiative roll virtually through my oh, phone. Oh, that's sick! Oh, four. And awesome. Um, I rolled a eleven. Uh, what's your mom? What's your mom? So we got two, an four, and eleven. Okay, so I, I I guess I will be going first in this one. So, <laughs> um, uh, the bothered by Dungeons and Dragons committee saw role playing games generally and Dungeons and Dragons specifically as satanic cult recruitment tools inducing youth to suicide murder and satanic ritual mm. abuse other alleged recruitment tools included heavy metal music of course mm-hmm. yeah. educators mm-hmm. child care centers and television naturally yeah. it's fun Again, to stay educators, educators. oh my god yeah yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, this like went so far as that they actually like started hiring experts to like sort of try to decode whether or not they were hitting messages in heavy metal music. You know, there were like famous cases yeah. of like you know like Ozzy Osbourne songs being played backwards and be like, are you or you know some of them like not even being played backwards. You know, there was one song so called like Suicide Solution where they're like, is it true that you Ozzy Osbourne are saying you know? suicide do it do it do it in this like like weird sound in the background of the song they're like uh no it's just <laughs> we were all high on cocaine and fucking heroin and thought it sounded cool when we reversed my voice during that part so i mean that is no. so well okay to me, i mean i don't know what heavy metal what what heavy metal was like at the time or like mm-hmm. well i don't even know i'm not i don't know anything about the metal mm-hmm. genre and it's all subgenres. but like mm-hmm. does heavy metal like uh, w- heavy metal does it is that the genre that has a lot of the like because i know a lot of metal bands use a lot of like satanic it might be imagery like, I, like is that is it is that a retaliation to the these accusations or is it? I would say. Or it's were they more, using the symbolism at the time? Yeah, I would say it's more of that. Um, I mean, there was definitely some sort of like you know occulty sort of stuff in early heavy metal, but like we're talking about at the time, we're talking about things like Black Sabbath or well, I mean um, Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, um, Judas. you know. So like they definitely like lean into like the iconography, yeah. but if you listen to the songs, most of it's just about like doing drugs and partying. Yeah, and yeah, sex yeah. Or like the, the content isn't actually demonic. I, 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 Not I, I, really. But, it's just, you know, loud and brash, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah and but I mean, like, like, but everyone but, dresses in leather and wears, you know, you know, and like, uh, you he know, did they, they, uh, I mean, bite a bat on stage. Mm. That's whatever. true, and again, I'm pretty sure he was like strung out of on his mind on like cocaine at the time or something when he <laughs> yeah, did it. But you know, yeah, I mean, when you think of like like heavy metal or like death metal, like mm. oftentimes you think of like skulls and crossbones and like like mm. Satan, yeah, and, pentagram you know, and rock and roll and hell and the horned yeah! goat. And, yeah, so, I think like, it might be m- m- more like the the subgenre death metal now, maybe. Yeah, I yeah, think which is a genre influenced. that didn't really. Yeah, but that's a genre also that didn't really mm. come around until like the mid '90s yeah. or so. Like that that genre didn't really exist at the time when this was going on. Like your Metallica's and that kind of like yeah. heavy metal, speed metal, whatever it was really more the genre that had everyone's attention. 
and then maybe in yeah. like the later 90s it became like Marilyn Manson and that sort of style of like kind of like new metal mm. so I don't even know how you would define Marilyn Manson's like genre of metal I would say sort of new metal crossed with heavy metal but I don't know it was really more about like the imagery of the people yeah. performing it and less about the actual content of the music but mm-hmm. they, it literally got to the point where they were looking for like hidden messages in the music and stuff because they were convinced that like it was being used as like um brainwashing tools to like make teenagers want to join satanic cults yeah. you know and become yeah. murderers or kill themselves or whatever and the ironic thing of all this is that um that none of these allegations held up in court or any analysis and in fact um analysis of youth suicide over the period in question found that rpg players actually had a much lower rate of suicide than the average so people hmm. who are into D and that sort of shit actually committed uh suicide at a much lower rate than Wait, people who did not that's so interesting people uh l- listen people out there if you if you are D&D struggling lives. with mm-hmm. any kind of like mental health i really do recommend getting into some D D stuff because yeah it I is eye opening it, it although yeah it can be hard to find a group especially now but uh yeah if you uh have if you're interested in it you can probably uh find a local game store or a card store nearby and then get more mm-hmm. information from them if you're interested if you if you if right. you're and i actually have like a friend who like hosts like games through discord like he's like a dm for oh. a discord game that has like people who like live all across the country who he met online and they just started oh. a game That's oh yeah so there's probably probably tons of like looking for groups online i bet yeah yeah so like if you're interested in it, honestly like it's a lot of fun you should definitely mm-hmm. um give it a shot but anyway all i have to say <laughs> is obviously D was not actually a satanic recruitment tool or anything like that uh, yeah. yeah but the sensationalism continues in 1987 the year of our Lord, my year of birth, Geraldo <laughs> Rivera produced a national television Bronze. special on the allegation uh, on the alleged secret cults, claiming estimates are that there are over one million Satanists in the United States, and they are linked in a high organ, highly organized secretive network. So you guys know probably who Geraldo Rivera is. He's still kind of farting around saying dumb shit for fox news or whatever <laughs> um with his dumb mustache and everything he's still going he's still around um so in 1987 he filmed this very f- famous sort of a uh, tv special talking about satanic cults in america so tapings of this and similar talk show episodes were subsequently used by religious fundamentalists psychotherapists social workers and police to promote the idea that the conspiracy of satanic cults existed and these cults were committed or committing serious crimes i just want to bring up i feel like this is a good time to bring up the fact that fox news has dodged lawsuits using the defense no reasonable person would expect fox news <laughs> to give accurate accurate and true information that is literally fox news's defense against lawsuits yeah, no, I mean, that happened to, oh, what's his face? I, I talked about this, Bobby, Tucker Carlson, like, that was yeah. literally the ruling in that case. Is like, yeah, you can't actually sue them for this because obviously any um, rational person watching this would not construe yeah. it as a news source, yeah, which is which, um, v- very misguided. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some people, some people think that there should be, like, some sort of legal push that they shouldn't be able to call themselves a news network. Yeah. Because of, like, because if they're going to be saying that, you can also call yourself news, like, 
what (laughs) especially like when if you have ever even like sat down for like a minute to just watch like tucker carlson or like hannity talk it's like it's it it feels like actually dangerous to to society it it is actively dangerous yeah Yeah. i mean we just look at the last four years but honestly it should have like a cigarette box style warning it between every ad break that's like this (laughs) is This is the opinion of yeah. one person. Do not construe this as fact or yeah, anything the, that you should of, take none seriously. None of what you were about to hear is fact. Can we make anti-Fox know? commercials that are like those cigarette, like you know those cigarette commercials where like they like kids like open up the cigarette box and it's like an alien monster will come out and eat them. Yeah. Remember that? Oh yeah. Like, or like or or like they they they. Uh, they uh, like take like a short puff and like their ear falls off or like their tongue yes. falls out or their teeth fall out or something. Exactly. Can we do that with Fox News? Like some kids okay. just watching Tucker Carlson and he gets sucked into like a black hole. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, maybe. Dope. Oh man. All right, we have all right. Fox News, Fox's boys. Basically, Fox News never changed. Yeah. Yeah. So I still have a bit to get through here, so I'm gonna try to power through uh, some sorry, of this Brent, stuff. Sorry, Brent. Sorry, Brent. Because I, wa- I also want to get to some of the cases that went horribly wrong okay um as a result right, of this go. i'm still kind of going through the conspiracies here <laughs> i will yeah. shut up I, i'm kind of realizing now that no it's cool like i'm loving them where this is going but also i realized i wrote 15 pages of notes and i'm just no, no, trying you to said you did, through some of them <laughs> you said you did three hours of research and i looked at the clock at one point and i was like "Ooh, this might be a two-parter <laughs> yeah that's okay okay so in the 1990s psychologist d Corden hammond publicized a detailed theory of ritual abuse drawn from hypnotherapy sessions with his patients alleging they were victims of a worldwide conspiracy of organized, secretive, clandestine cells of Satanists who used torture, mind control, and ritual abuse to create alternate personalities they could be that could be activated with code words. So basically, Manchurian candidates here. Heck yes. Sleeper agents. Were, yeah, the victims were allegedly trained as assassins, prostitutes, drug traffickers, and child sex workers. They needed they needed someone to like sleeper agent. They need to they need a sleeper prostitute. They can't just get a real prostitute. Yeah, and, and again, like, and people <laughs> took this shit seriously. Like, there's like, oh well, this guy's like a well respected psychologist, so obviously we need to listen to what he has to say here. <laughs> yes, of course. Obviously, people are being tr- made into Manchurian candidate prostitutes or sex workers. Sex workers <laughs> is the accepted nomenclature now, people. Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, unless, uh, unless, like sex worker blanket term no yeah it's, uh, that's true yeah, it, yeah yeah i guess prostitute is i guess uh, maybe a little more specific yeah. um but yeah anyway that's besides the point yeah Wokeness <laughs> yeah. is besides the point here hammond claims his patients had revealed the conspiracy was mastermind by a jewish doctor in nazi germany but who now worked for the cia with a goal of worldwide domination by a satanic cult so here we go again with the crazy deep state it's got shit. some anti-semitic shit too yeah like, they, it's, it's it's anti-semitic it's got nazis it's got the cia and it's got satanic cults I mean, we're hitting all the boxes here that is not why are they all anti dude conspiracy theories would be like i would enjoy them so much more if they weren't all just so anti-semitic man Dude, yeah, it's, just a, it's just a part of every conspiracy theory. It feels like, yeah, like they, from the it, dawn of man. Yep, it just it just finds its way into all of them. Like, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, today's you know George Soros and and the mm-hmm. globalist movement, well, like all that stuff. It's I the bet, same I bet thing. a big a big part of today's anti-Semitism probably stems from this. I would bet. Yeah, 
it all they they're all just kind of like these like weird like they all just kind of leapfrog off one another yeah, like yeah. one anti-semitic bullshit conspiracy theory to the next so we just keep yeah well i mean there's been there's been anti-semites as long as there's been semites exactly so yeah, i mean like it went, and when you talk about like when that episode we did about the occult um mm-hmm. that was really eye-opening learning about like the <clears throat> the like basis of what they've you know yeah, we're, we're part of the basis for anti-Semitism is this weird pseudoscience, ironically. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's Go listen to that episode. It was really, really yeah. interesting. Yeah, the Nazi occult two-parter episode. That was some good yeah. stuff in there. Yeah. So um, this particular cult was allegedly composed of respectable, powerful members of society, again, all very familiar stuff, who used the funds generated to further their agenda, missing memories of the funds generated by their sleeper cell whatever agents that they created through their satanic rituals yeah. missing memories among the victims and absence of evidence was cited as evidence of the power and effectiveness of this cult in furthering absence its agenda. of evidence familiar. as evidence so epic dude yeah when so, is it gonna end when is this when well, is this nightmare gonna end well it gets worse before it gets better. No. So my next section Hell here is yeah. called false accusations that led to wrongful convictions. Oh, so very the first fun. case we have is of Dan and Francis Keller of Austin, Texas. They ran um, a child care center out of Austin, Texas, and were um, basically accused initially by, you know, like one parent of abusing their child. I think it started with like one of the kids, like like I think Dan Keller like spanked one of the kids for like misbehaving or something, uh, which you know not great. I'll, no, I'll not, say that's you, you shouldn't do right. that. Don't do that. You shouldn't but do that. But when was that's, this? Nineties, eighties. This is um the early nineties, nineteen ninety one. Yeah, when this early case 90s happened. So, in Texas. So, so I mean, corporal I mean, punishment's listen, absolutely, absolutely not like, acceptable. Yeah, by today's standards, we would not accept that. But corporal punishment at the time was still, I guess, considered okay in Texas in Mm -hmm. the the early 90s. But, you know, still, I can see where this started. So it started with, you know, a child coming home and being upset about being spanked for misbehaving at their, their, their daycare. And it's eventually snowballed into a bunch of children accusing the, the, uh, Kellers of things ranging from killing dogs and cats in front of the children transporting the children oh. to mexico to be sexually abused by soldiers in the mexican army leapfrog dressing as pumpkins and shooting children in the arms and legs <laughs> okay dressing big leapfrog there pumpkins what? putting the children into a pool with sharks that <laughs> ate babies it's, it, putting not the, the children but they were in the pools with the sharks however crazy. none of these children were ever hurt by these sharks right they just were in the pool as they watched the sharks eat the babies yeah <laughs> The blood of which was put into children's Kool-Aid that they were forced to drink. Cutting the arms or a finger off a gorilla at a local park. And exhuming bodies at the cemetery, forcing children to carry the bones. How? Whose imagination does this come from? imagine a child being like, what did they do? And a child goes, they dug up a cemetery and I carried the bones back to the school. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. They were convicted <gasps> of these crimes uh, and spent there was no evidence and spent 26 years in prison before 26? eventually finally finally being exonerated when they found 
no physics, you know, through appeals um, and stuff. Dude, what was this is actual... all stuff you could prove or disprove. What were they actually convicted of? Like, I assume they weren't convicted of, 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 of like reckless endangerment with that shark thing, right? And with the great, I assume they were only convicted of like sexual abuse or something. Yeah, they were convicted you know, of sexual abuse of children, um, of a bunch of different charges that were levied against them. But, mm-hmm. you know, this, these, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, these sort of stories from the children, there's a, a, a better word for this, but Fables. the stories that these. Yeah, they, these stories that the accounts. children told, the accounts that they oh, gave, were used as evidence in the case that helped to get them convicted by a jury of their peers. So, wow. whether or not they were able to substantiate any of these stories, which answers they weren't, which is why they were able to eventually, through appeals, get out of prison after 26 years. Um, That's they a huge were chunk sent of to prison life, over though. this. That's a huge yeah, chunk of life. I mean, like a, at, at, you know, potentially a quarter of your life if not more you know probably more yeah. you know, a third people, of your life spent the people in jail. who convicted them should have to also go to prison for 26 years i mean like come on like that's how do you fix that like how do you for an eye bobby makes a whole world justice yeah i don't know justice um yeah i don't know yeah it's it's bad and here's another bad one the west oh. memphis 3 Maybe you guys have heard of this one. There was a HBO documentary series about this case, uh, or multiple documentaries called uh, Paradise Lost, about the West Memphis uh, murdered children. Um, I remember the name Paradise Lost. Yeah, I've heard Paradise Lost. Right. Well, if you Google it, um, if the Paradise Lost is also a poem, a famous poem, yeah, uh, written by uh, shit. Um, The name is escaping me, but if you John Milton, yes. Um, but there, there's also a documentary series called Paradise Lost, colon, the West Memphis Child Murders or something like that. That's the, the, the series mm-hmm. I'm referring to. Uh, but the West Memphis Three are three men convicted as teenagers in 1994 of the 1993 murders of three boys in West Memphis, Arkansas. Damon Eccles was sentenced to death. Jesse Miss Kelly Jr. to life imprisonment plus 20 years. And Jason Baldwin to life in prison. Sentenced during. To- death sentenced to death during the trial the prosecution asserted that the juveniles killed the children as a part of satanic rituals now i didn't want to go into super super full detail this one because i honestly think we could do an entire episode oh wait is this one that actually happened did they actually kill children uh well here's the thing I mean, I will give kind of like the basics of it, but mm-hmm. I really do think that in a later date we could do like a full episode because like the actual trial and everything around it is so brain boggling if you will if i can <laughs> hey that's the name of the show yeah nice <laughs> it, dude, i would talk that, about this but mind boggling sounds wrong now it, it does. Really does christy said it, it really the other does. day and i was like what there's yeah. no alliteration <laughs> it's brain boggling but the actual <laughs> trial itself is so like unbelievable like you honestly it's literally like yeah it, it, we'll, we really have to do a full episode yeah, but sure. anyway to skip all of that stuff which is super interesting and if you really want to get to see more of it and you have an hbo max subscription or whatever the fuck yeah that those documentaries are on there i would suggest watching them if you are interested and we will talk about it on a later date but um in july of 2007 new forensic evidence was presented in the case a report jointly issued by the state and defense team stated although most of the genetic material recovered from the scene was attributable to the victims of the offenses some 
of it cannot be attributed to either the victims or the defendants. Basically saying that these three kids who were murdered, who were found in the woods or whatever, there was someone, someone else's DNA was found on the children, but the DNA found on them could not be attributed to any of the three uh, guys who were convicted of killing these kids. What? So following a 2010 decision by the Arkansas Supreme Court regarding newly produced DNA evidence and potential juror misconduct, the West Memphis Three negotiated a plea bargain with the prosecutors. So on August 19th of 2011, they entered an Alford plea, which allowed them to assert their innocence while acknowledging that the prosecutors had enough evidence to convict them. Which I, I love this idea of the Alford plea, where it's basically like, okay, well... There's evidence now to show that maybe you didn't do it, but we as the prosecutors don't want to say we were wrong for convicting you. <laughs> so instead, what we're going to say is you're allowed to say you think you're innocent, but also that we had enough to convict you. And then so basically they were let out of jail as a result of that and on time served. Hmm. So, but their records were not expunged yeah, for say, the murders, still, which still... to me is f- fucking insane. When oh, that's you, ridiculous. We actually know more about the full case of it. It is insane that these people did not it, get like fully I, exonerated. Dude, I can't even watch things like that, and I can't watch. There was like a, there was another show on Netflix they came out with where it was basically wrongfully accused. I forget what it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, something along the lines of that, and it was every episode was like a different case. That oh yeah, yeah, was... yeah. No, I watched that. Yeah, oh, no, it's, it's it's so frustrating. You, it's so it hard really to watch. Yeah, it's really hard to watch those ones and hear and hear those stories. Maybe that's like a, you're like making a murderer's sort of situation, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Although making a murderer is maybe a little more gray than this mm-hmm. particular case is. I'm just relieved that um the one. Uh, boy there who was sentenced to death did not actually get executed oh, that's before ask. Yeah, that's, being released. Yeah, that's yeah, that one been positive to take away. Yeah, so and then this sort of kind of like brought about around 1995, 1992 sort of the end of the satanic panic. Um, media coverage around satanic ritual abuse began this sort of sway more in a negative light around 90, 1992 through 1995 um hbo had made a uh, made for tv movie called indictment the mcmartin trial where um they sort of presented uh the case as you know this overzealous uh prosecutor abusing their power to try to convict someone wrongfully of mm-hmm. something they didn't do so sort of like the media perception around satanic panic started to kind of really turn at this point in 1995 also Geraldo Rivera again our good friend good friend of the pod Geraldo Rivera issued an apology for his 1987 television special which he focused on alleged cults basically saying that he was wrong for making those accusations and that they were unsubstantiated by 2003 allegations of ritual abuse were met with great skepticism and belief in satanic ritual abuse was no longer considered mainstream in professional circles Although sexual abuse of children is still, you know, a real serious problem, um, allegations of satanic ritual abuse were essentially false, and no one cites that as a potential, you know, cause of abuse anymore, satanic rituals or whatever. Um, so, reasons for the collapse of the phenomenon included the collapse of criminal prosecution against alleged abusers, so pretty much... A lot of these cases, most of these cases, fortunately, did not result in people getting convicted because, again, most of them had zero evidence to back any of it up. 
So luckily, most people didn't go to jail. Yeah. But a lot of people, you know, there were cases where it did result in horrible cases, as we just talked about. And those were just a handful. There are other ones. Um, but again, this episode can't be three hours long. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, a growing number of scholars, officials, and reporters questioning the reality of the accusations. Um, and a variety of successful lawsuits against mental health professionals sort of resulted in sort of the waning of what we call the satanic pa- panic. Even as much as um, astrophysicists and astrobiologists, Carl Sagan devoted an entire chapter of his last book, The Demon Haunted World, Science as a Candle in the Dark, from 1996, to critique um, to a critique of claims of recovered memories of UFO abductions and ta- satanic rituals and cited material from the newsletter of False Memory Syndrome Foundation with approval. So even Carl Sagan weighed in and was like, okay, this like false memory recovered memory stuff is kind of bogus, you know? Hmm. So, they sort of, like, accepted psychiatric um, belief at this point is that, you know, recovered memories or repressed memories are largely not to be taken seriously because most of them are, as we said, kind of colored or even, you know, planted by the person asking or doing the digging for these repressed memories or whatever right. there's yeah. no way so. to prove that it it was untainted by like external sources you know? right mm-hmm. so Until yeah we and get so, brain reading technology yeah <laughs> well you know what's crazy is there have been guilty confessions that have been overturned um with 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 dna evidence Mm-hmm. guilty confessions that have been like pe- like people have been forced to c- confess to crimes they didn't even it, do it goes back US to that a. reward thing you know it's like yeah it's like if you feel like you have no way out they'll promise you it's like well listen just tell us the truth we'll work with you this is the best option for you at this point you you literally see it in like a couple of these shows it's like well like i was a kid and like they were basically forcing my hand and right. they and said like, this oh, was the I- best option I'd yeah. been in this room for like 36 hours and they just kept questioning me and questioning me. And at a certain point, I was like, the only way I'm getting out of here is if I just tell them what they want. And so, yep. you know, yeah. this sort of thing happens all the time. So, I mean, at this point, all I have is just like some little wrap up stuff. But I mean, honestly, I, I, I feel like at this point, we can kind of like, kind of just call it an episode here. Basically, all I was going to say is that, you know, um, a, a largely a lot of this stuff was sort of believed to have come about by you know i guess the anxieties of sort of you know blue collar people whose you know economic decline family disintegration you know family disintegration like the idea of like the you know traditional american family sort of falling apart you know into this more modern whatever it's you know just your typical kind of like societal anxieties over change that result in this sort of moral panics and this one just kind of had the perfect recipe to manifest itself as being having to do with satanism or something like that you know whereas like other ones in the past like with mccarthyism was you know around communism you know communists trying to take over america or whatever mm-hmm. you know it's just kind of like whatever factors at the time kind of and uh, feed into people's anxieties the yeah. most now the uh, the newest one has um has combined the red scare and the satanic panic into the into the uh radical the radical liberal uh radical liberal satanic agenda basically the- like they like yeah, yeah. like they kind of had because like they because q has got the whole like they, they not only is it 
is it a satanic cabal, but it's a communistic satanic cabal. Oh, yeah. Socialist, yeah, so, communist, satanic cabal. So, yeah, pedophile, I just, I just found it super interesting how like the sat- <laughs> satanic panic stuff really does kind of encompass yeah, no, that like, was all of this crazy. shit that we've been talking about. And it's kind of, I was really shocked to find how applicable it all was because I kind of grew up through this stuff. Like I remember yeah. thinking like everyone growing up always was like, there was always like one house in the neighborhood was like, Oh, that's the house where like the satanic rituals and stuff. Do you, do you know about that house? They do Dude, satanic when, rituals there. When I was a kid, too, we had a kid. house on my street that was that was the satanic mm-hmm. ritual house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had one and, too. Like, yeah, and that's sort of like the lasting effect of this sort of like satanic panic stuff. You know, like I was growing up in sort of the tail end of it. Like, but I was kind of aware of it. Like this idea that I was like, oh, stranger danger, be careful. You know, you could get don't oh. talk to strangers because you don't know what they could be up to and it's like this idea that like you guys uh know your neighbors that, and stuff were house. like yeah the one that i'm talking about right what the one the um the oh, house the, you've showed near, us the house right? nearby with yeah. the well you guys know the mm-hmm. sculptures the house with the sculptures oh yeah the chateau that one yeah 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 that house the is the um because <laughs> it was yeah because it, it because of the way it looks yeah and because of how like no there is, there. it's it's it has like a lot of artwork outside like a lot of sculptures and like some I, 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 at one point it had topiaries a lot of topiaries yeah going there's on. like a gazebo they sort of have like a leveled <laughs> thing but we, we we thought that they were like say satanist for some reason <laughs> well i mean yeah i mean i i like to call that house the chateau i have to drive by it like a couple times a week and it, it is a very um it's it's, it's hard to miss it, it, <laughs> yeah. even in even in a town like the town where we work in you know all that it's a, it stands out. It yeah, even stands it out for that town. You know, <laughs> you know so. what? Like something that we may have talked about on the show before. It's just like the whole stranger dangerous thing. Danger thing is very interesting because, I mean, oftentimes in in real cases of abuse and and uh, sexual abuse and physical abuse, it's not a stranger. It's somebody who you are close yeah. to, somebody who you mm-hmm. know. And you know, same when when we were all kids. I mean, I remember walking home from the bus on my way home from school and. People would be like, nice, just like, hello, like saying hi. And I'd be like, run. And me and my brother would just like sprint, you know, it's like, (laughs) stranger danger. I mean, obviously, like, yeah, you shouldn't trust a stranger for sure. Don't teach your kids to trust strangers. But it's a tricky thing. But at the same time, it's also sort of this misplaced anxiety where it's like, we do this a lot. I feel like just as people in general, where we kind of like, we have these fears of like, you know, like, oh well we got to keep our children safe and so we sort of yeah. project the idea of this danger because we hear about like maybe like one thing it's like you hear about that one kid who was like abducted and like murdered or yeah, whatever it's, always, it's like oh my god st- oh my god like, everyone asked is him out. it's always yeah. some kid asked an adult for directions and then that adult mm-hmm. just grabbed them right there and abducted them yeah yeah and, and the thing is like that's even like the, the razor happens. and the candy thing yeah, yeah and that's that i mean the razor and candy thing like isn't even real yeah but also exactly th- i mean these sort of things are so rare but are so sensationalized that like people's fears like glom onto this thing not really thinking that wanting to address our like the real issue which is that like when it comes to child abuse and this sort of thing it's in the family that's where it it casts a massive shadow like it it casts this massive massive shadow over like the true situations so it's like yeah oh well you don't have to worry because like my kid doesn't go out and it's like well that doesn't Mm -hmm. stop your kid from being 
uh, victim, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah it, it does kind of take attention away from the true true crimes that that are the, the true issue, which exactly. is not like shadowy cabals abducting children. Like that stuff is like not really a thing. Um, at least not to to the level in which you know it, we talk about it. You know, you know obviously sex trafficking is a real thing but you know in comparison like, to the, the to, larger monster which is you know you know dealing with you know abuse within families and stuff yeah. but yeah so yeah this satanic panic shit just kind of all comes out of that but you know i feel like the lasting effect is still there you know like mm. it it's just i just think back on just like so much like weird shit from when i was a kid and i was like oh yeah huh yeah. i guess that was kind of <laughs> as a result of that huh yeah and, well i yeah. like there was one time when I was having a conversation with my mom where um, when I was like a freshman or, or a sophomore in high school and my mom was like, you need to be home before 10 p.m. And I was like, why? Um, and she said, because nothing good happens after 10 p.m. <laughs> and I was like, mom, that's because you grew up with, do you know, it's 10 p.m., it's 6 p.m., do you know where your children are? Yeah. Strange. I'm like, you grew up in, you grew up in, 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 in dystopic, ultra brainwash, like, like era and, and of, it's, of, of control it's funny. like it shows because like you know i always hear my grandparents or like my parents sometimes even saying like oh when we were kids we were allowed to like ride our bikes around town and do whatever we wanted but like now you can't do that because of pedoph- pedophilia and people like kidnapping you and it's like no that's just as much a fear now as it like was for you then but like because you're an adult now you're you're seeing the fear of your children and that's that's something that you didn't see as a kid you know like when mm-hmm. when they were kids i'm sure there was that fear um because that yeah. was around that time period the 70s and, and 80s but yeah yeah i don't know it's all i feel like we just live in this constant loop of like cycles you know it's like what's the next satanism What's the next satanic panic going to be after Q? Yeah, yeah, I, I mean we're we're living through with QAnon right now. I yeah. feel like I mean if yeah. QAnon and sort of the the sort of weird alt right stuff is our version of it now, definitely, which is this yeah. new like mega virus version that's like managed to encompass everything that's come before it. Well, that's um, what happens yeah. when it goes through the, the, the to, multiplier uh, that is the internet. As uh, as Brent, yeah, as Brent astutely pointed out at the beginning, the internet is uh, is. Uh, is a great the internet is a super spreader event in itself <laughs> it really is um and uh, i i dude I've, i think i've said it on the podcast before if not i'm saying it right now the internet was a mistake the internet was a mistake <laughs> it should have never been invented i love the internet so much i love watching youtube I, I without the internet we wouldn't be doing this without the internet um none of us would be employed but um <laughs> God dang it, dude! It was a mistake. It was not a good for human health. It's I definitely mean, not. I mean, like they they came out with a new version of that light phone, which is like it's like a Kindle, like basically. Oh, the phones that are just like just calling and texting. Yeah, and like texting, and uh, I really want one, but it's like every time I, you know, I want to click the buy button, you can buy it, and it's just like I can't get rid of my phone. There's just too well, much yeah, on it. I just it. think about how much media I consume through my phone, and I'm like, yeah. ugh. Can't can't do it. Oh God! I wish we could detox though. The mm. brain boggled yeah. campfire. You have to actually be there to listen to the episodes. <laughs> Which is us. It's, it's just, just us, us talking around a fire. <laughs> yeah. But you're not allowed to talk. You just yeah. listen. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you can come, but you you cannot talk. That's what podcasts originally good. were. Honestly, or either that, or we put up like some sort of like we come up with some sort of like soundproofing system where they are allowed to sort of like <laughs> yell at their podcast like they would normally when they're listening. Oh, but, but we can't, not, hear, we can't them. hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> that would be That's so a good. Idea. We'll good. It. 
if you oh, want to, if you want to see, if you want to see that uh, that done, we're definitely going to need some uh, support. Maybe we'll make it a Patreon uh, goal. Yeah. Speaking of Patreon, uh, yes. Uh, if, well, let's wrap this bad boy up. Um, we're going to oh, yeah, be we're, we're going to be putting out uh, a bonus episode of the Brain Boggle Pod sometime probably this week or early next week. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in that, for just one buckaroo a month, you could get access to that, along with all our previous bonus episodes. Um, you might have actually heard sort of like a little taste of what those are like last week when we put uh, out our Inception episode. Um, so if you are if you like that, sort of the goofs and gaffs of just us talking about whatever random bullshit we like, get into that. Next episode we're doing is going to be on video games that we're excited for and mm. also not excited yes. for. So yeah. that'll be the a future, fun one. The, some games coming up. We, I, one of these days we'll do a bonus app that's not a movie or, or, or games, but uh, that day is not. Is not that, that's is not, not. That's not this day. It's <laughs> no, not this day. It's not yeah. this day. But um, if you uh, if you uh, still want to support us, still want to show your support, but um, don't have the uh, the uh, the funds to uh, to do, to donate, uh, you can follow us on our uh, Twitter and Instagram. Our Twitter is at brain boggled pod our instagram is just at brain boggled uh or you can go to brainboggledpodcast.com where uh we post any everything that's where that's our one-stop shop where everything's there yeah uh, baby. just go there and see it we have um this episode didn't have any uh, uh any extra stuff but sometimes we have uh topics to put on the brain bloggled like uh uh images and some Visual other images, videos, yeah, whatever vi- videos, images, other other references that we made during the pod that that you can just go and find off look your, for yourself. Um, is there anything else? Uh, also, um, something I mentioned last pod recording that got lost to the annals of time um, <laughs> oh, is yeah. um, get uh, give some five star reviews wherever you can. Yes, so if definitely. you're listening oh, to yes, Apple yes. Podcasts, do it there. Stitcher, wherever wherever you listen to this, if it has a rating feature, give us a five star. It helps the podcast grow. It helps it get seen by more people. Um, I think we mentioned in that episode that unfortunately got lost that um, we tripled our audience last year. So mm-hmm. we're go- our goal is to try Crazy. to do that again this year. So yeah, people. It- yeah, it's great. It's good to see. I'm, 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 I love it. I love seeing that. Yeah, we yeah, like. So- we just wanted this to be one big giant happy family. You know. So exactly. Yeah. And so we appreciate y'all listening and joining us on this brain boggling journey. And uh, we'll see you next week for whatever the heck we talk about. Hell yes. Satan. Hell Satan. Hell Satan. Hell Satan. Hell Satan. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 